0: Something happened the other day, and I won't say what it was. But I told my wife, I said, "Next time I get to preach." Uh oh. So, Pastor asked me to preach Wednesday night. Sitting on a kitchen table. uh, It's a Friday, I guess looked at me and said, what are you preaching on Sunday? And I start crying. Through grace. Yes. <laughs> because no matter what happened, yes. there's three things that I need to exhibit to be like Jesus. Amen. And that's the title of my message today. I need to show forgiveness, mercy, and grace. That's him. Short message today, maybe. I'll say that. I don't have a whole lot of notes, but that don't mean nothing. Hallelujah. Oh, <coughs> Hallelujah. You know, I, I don't know if uh, a lot of you know this about me, but uh, I, I like to uh, dip into genealogy. And uh, I just like doing genealogy research, you know. I, I, you know, you find out some. Interesting things when you start digging around in there. One interesting thing that I found. My seventh one of my seventh grandfathers on my father's side. So you gotta think. Seven generations back there's 128 grandfathers. Jeez. One of those <laughs> On my mother's side is my eighth grandfather. Oh, oh boy! So one out good. of that 128 is one out of 256 on the other side. Uh oh. But there's a whole lot of people in between there, you know. <laughs> okay. So you find a lot, of, a lot of different things, you know, just interesting things, and sometimes you're going to find out things that you don't want to find out. Amen. Look at that. we won't talk about the things that you don't want to find out. I found some of those, but because I like that, one of my favorite shows on PBS is Finding Your Roots, and if you haven't seen it, the the premise of the show is they'll take two or three celebrities depending on the show and they'll trace the roots for them, and like I said, you start digging around in your closet, you might find some things you don't wanna find. Yes, sir. Yes sir. And you know, we live in a world where nothing's secret anymore. If it's if it's on the internet or if it's in emails, then And so this TV show, Finding Your Roots, um, WikiLeaks likes posting things that gets hacked. So there was an email that was hacked from Sony, which Sony is the parent company which does Finding Your Roots. And one of this email revealed that Ben Affleck, which was one of the Guess back then it was 2014, I think. He demanded that PBS edit his thing because one of the ancestors that they found him was a slave owner, and he didn't want that out. And so, you know, the email uh, is from Henry Louis Gates, which is the guy that does the show, to the president of Sony and he's asking, you know, Michael Linton, who is president, what he should do about Ben Affleck's request. He said, and this is the email, one of our guests has asked us to edit out something about one of his ancestors. The fact that he owned slaves. Now, four or five of our guests this season descend from slave owners, including Ken Burns. And If you don't know who Ken Burns is, he does a lot of historical documentaries that air on PBS, we've never had anyone ever try to censor or edit what we found. He's a megastar, what do we do? And Linton writes back and he tells him, you should probably remove it. He said, I'd take it out if no one knows, but if it gets out that you're editing this kind of content, sensitivity. Then it's going to get tricky. And so they leaked this email out and then Ben Affleck has to try and do damage control and he's, he gets out and he makes a statement and he apologizes for having made the request and admitted he was embarrassed by his ancestor who was a slave owner and he just wanted to distance himself from Understandable Be embarrassing for somebody who's a big star like that. But if PBS was to do a documentary on finding Jesus roots, Mm -hmm. what do you suppose they'd find? He's the King of Kings. He's the Lord of Lords. Yes. He's God manifested in the flesh. Yes. So his pedigree, gotta be perfect, right? Yes. No. <laughs> He's descended from Rahab the prostitute. Yes. He's descended from King David, who was an adulterer and a murderer. Descended from uh, Jacob, who was a trickster and a liar. But truth be told, all of Jesus' earthly ancestors were imperfect, they were all sinful souls simply because all human beings are imperfect. That's right. All human beings are sinful souls. What if the news gets out? He's a megastar. It could ruin him. But you know, Jesus wasn't embarrassed by his pedigree. Uh, He didn't want to distance himself from it, but he embraced it. He acknowledged that God uses imperfect, improbable, even undesirable characters to do his will and to accomplish his purposes. Matthew 1 and 1 in the English Standard Version says this the book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. The first thing it says son of David, son of an adulterer. Luke chapter 3, verse 23 in the English Standard says Jesus, when he began his ministry, was about 30 years of age, being the son, as was supposed. If it gets out it could run. What would your past say about you? And so we come this morning to this truth that everyone has a past that they're not happy about. Everybody has a memory that they wish they could get erased and thrown away for good so nobody's able to rehash it or rediscover the horrible, embarrassing things we did or we said. God makes it very clear that he forgets it when we repent. Amen. Micah seven nineteen says, He will again have compassion on us and will subdue our iniquities. You will cast all our sins in the depths of the sea. And Psalms 103 and 12 says, As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. That's a long way. You know, the story told of a couple of duck hunters and they were hunting in in Georgia, and as they were out there hunting, you know, out in the middle of the hunting grounds where they were, one of them noticed a cloud of smoke off in the distance. And he began to become concerned when the wind shifted and started blowing their way because then he could begin to hear the crackle of the fire. And he began to frantically search because he knew there was no way that they could outrun the fire. So he began to search and, and as he searched he looked and he fa- finally found a book of matches in his pocket. And he set a small fire and he burned an area big enough for him and his hunting partner to get into the middle of it and they got in the middle of it and here comes the fire. They got in that little area that he had burned off, and and they took water from their their canteens, and they poured water on their handkerchiefs, and they covered their mouths with it, and they hunkered down close together and and covered their shelves with their coats. And pretty soon the fire was on them and came and passed them. But they were fine. They weren't touched. Why weren't they touched? Because fire can't touch what's already been burned. Mm. If it's already been burned away, then, then, then fire can't touch it. Fire wouldn't pass where it's already passed by. And Jesus came to redeem us from the curse of the law. Mm-hmm. And the law can't judge what Jesus has already. You know, one of the hardest things in life for us to understand is forgiveness. And, and the reason behind not fully understanding God's forgiveness is because sometimes we can't understand God and how he can extend mercy and how he can extend grace to people. And, and he extends that to people that he has chosen to forgive when we're ready to cast them aside. We're ready to throw them out. We're ready to put them out away from us and and not have anything to do with them. But Jesus is there, and he's willing, and he's ready to extend forgiveness and mercy and grace to them. We don't believe they deserve it. It baffles us. But he gives us example after example of why it's necessary to forgive. And he forgets. a lot of people will tell you well you need to forgive and forget it no i forgive it and I'll do my best to forget it but here's the thing I can forgive you and I can love you without putting my feet under your table Mm -hmm. Matthew chapter 18 Verse 23 through 35. It says, Therefore the kingdom of heaven is like a, a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with the servants. And when he had begun to settle accounts, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. But as he was not able to pay his master commanded that he be sold with his wife, And children and all that he had and that payment be made. The servant therefore fell down before him saying, Master, have patience with me. And I'll pay you all. Then the master of that servant was moved with compassion, released him and forgave him the debt. But that servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. And he laid hands on him and took him by the throat saying, Pay me what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down at his feet and begged him, saying, Have patience with me and I'll pay you all. Same thing he had just told the master. And he would not, but went and threw him into prison till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what he had done, they were very grieved. And came and told their master all that had been done. Then his master His trespasses. So you know we, we read. Just in this passage of scripture. Of a servant that owed a tremendous debt. And by by all means it was impossible to pay. And there's a, a big contrast between the. Two debtors as far as the amounts. That are owed. You know the, the debt that was forgiven by the king to the first servant. 10,000 talents. Convert that to modern U.S. dollars. $3.48 billion with a B. Contrast that with the debt that was owed to him. The 100 denarii. $74. That's a lot of debt that that first man was was forgiven of, and and so so we hear this and we wonder how in the world does this relate to us? That three point four eight billion dollars. How in the world does that relate to us? It's our sin forgiven. A weight too heavy for us to bear, too much for us to pay, and too hard for us to even completely understand. This king showed his servant a tremendous amount of mercy. Man, the penalty was great. His wife, and him, and his kids, and everything he owned was going to get sold off into slavery. To pay the price. But mercy was extended to him. His family and everybody was spared. But somewhere within that transaction of mercy was a disconnect. Um, Somehow he looked at the situation that seemed impossible to take care of and to care for, and thought that he just got away with something. He got away from paying the debt. He didn't didn't leave with a heart of gratitude or a heart of thanksgiving. He didn't leave with a heart of generosity or wanting to repay. He left with a slick thought of I just got. To him, God wasn't even in the equation of that merciful act of kindness. God's mercy was taken for granted and wasn't thought of. It wasn't embraced as a blessing and a being forgiven. He misunderstood the mercy of a king. He never took a moment to examine his situation as being deadly and heart-wrenching. Instead, he looked at the situation and said, I got out of this without paying a single penny. Mm -hmm. And because he misunderstood the grace and the mercy of God and decided not to embrace that true forgiveness of his master, he couldn't and didn't extend it to the one that owed him such a little amount. That's great mercy. We're great. Huge, large, like his debt. Because the king had great compassion on him. Uh, For his people, he forgave him his debt. He set him free. Man, that's a great example of Jesus. Jesus. His mercy is great. His forgiveness is beyond our understanding if we're honest this morning. Daniel chapter 9, verse 9, this is the New King James. To the Lord our God belong mercy and forgiveness, though we have rebelled against Him. Even though we rebel against God, even though we do things that we know that we aren't supposed to do and that we shouldn't do, God extends us grace and mercy and forgiveness. Every day, Ephesians chapter 1 verse 7, New King James. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. <coughs> the word deliverance is used uh, for ransoming a man who was a prisoner of war or a slave or for freeing a man from the penalty of death. God delivered the children of Israel from their slavery in Egypt. God delivers us from our sin in this world that we live. God continually rescues his people in their time of trouble. In, in every case, the, the conception of delivering of a man from a situation that he was powerless to get himself free from or from a penalty that he couldn't himself pay. There's no way we could pay the penalty for sin. Jesus, King of kings, Lord of lords. Our debt was great. Our sin huge. We needed someone with long arms and deep pockets to pay the penalty. comes God with his big heart for you, and he says, I know how to do it. One place in the Word of God it says, Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, slain before the foundation of the world. God knew before he ever framed the earth that man was going to fall, and he was going to need the Savior, and Jesus was going to be the one who would have to the voice of sin is loud. But the voice of forgiveness is even louder. You know what's amazing to me? Liars don't like to be lied to. Thieves don't like it when something gets taken from them. But even more than that, when something good's done for you, God frowns when we don't do good to and for others. Mm -hmm. Matthew 7, 12, New King James. Therefore, whatever you want men to do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. So here we had this merciless servant that we read about earlier. He was just forgiven that huge debt. He walked away from a possible life sentence in prison. He walked away from his family being sold into slavery. He walked away from everything that he owns being taken and sold off for the debt that he owed. And it didn't faze him one bit to not have the same mercy on the man that owed him $74. People today, Christians today, that don't know how to show forgiveness towards others. Why? Because they haven't really fully embraced the forgiveness of God in their life. Man, if we understood the forgiveness of God in our life, that He has brought us and He purchased us with the blood of His dear Son. His Word of God says, and. Brought us into a right relationship with him. Brought us and made us sons. Adopted us into the family of God. And we forget about that. Forgiveness is the economy of the heart. the master of the first servant heard what he had did and he called for the forgiven man to come to him. And he, First thing he said to him was, you wicked servant. Mm-hmm. Here it is. I was ready to forgive you. I was ready to erase your debt. But before the ink is even dry on the proclamation, you go out and you do this to somebody else. you take and repay that act of mercy that I showed you. Unforgiveness is wicked, not of God at all. To show no mercy. To lack compassion for other people. that's wickedness that God will judge you. God's forgiven us our trespasses. What are we supposed to do? Forgive those that trespass against us. Luke 11, 4 in the King James. And forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Matthew 6, 15, New King James. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Man, this is a, a, a great example of what happens when we choose not to forgive. We put ourselves in prison. Having an unforgiving spirit is like drinking the poison and waiting for somebody else to Unforgiveness places imprisonment on our, on our on our minds and doesn't allow us to live in the fullness of God. Doesn't allow us to live in the fullness of God's grace. Why? Because we're not displaying that simple forgiveness that God showed to us. Somewhere in our lives, we're going to have to decide whether we're going to forgive and allow God To embrace us in his forgiveness. You know, Jesus speaks to us in truth of a God in heaven that's merciful and loving and long-suffering. A God that's patient and kind and just and faithful to forgive. 1 John 1, 1.9, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just, forgive us our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. If we'd be obedient to the truth that God's spoken to us, we'd have the ability and the power to forgive those that have offended us. we got to stop making the forgiveness of God so complicated. We try to explain God's forgiveness. Don't try to explain God's forgiveness. He's God. He said, I forgive you. All you got to do is say, I'm sorry. You know, that unforgiving servant was explaining to himself in his mind, Instead of just doing what was right. And we can be guilty of the same thing. Just extend forgiveness. Just extend some mercy. Just extend some grace. And it will come back to you. You know the redemption of God is. It's impeccable. It, it, it's still able today to do what he's done since the beginning of time. Psalm 77 15, New King James says, you have with your arm redeemed your people. Selah. Think about it. Lord you've redeemed your people and you do it over and over again and you bring us back over and over again and God gives us his blessings without discrimination you know, the followers uh, uh, of Jesus, the children of God, man, we should show the family likeness by doing good to all. We went to my sister's house last Sunday for our family Christmas, and as I was Saying the blessing, I got a little weepy. My sister-in-law was sitting across the table from me, and she said, Jerry, who was my older brother. She said he said the blessing at Thanksgiving. He didn't get three words out until he was crying. Family resemblance. We need to display the family resemblance of God in our lives. We need to extend that forgiveness and that mercy and that grace that he's given us, we need to spread it out a little bit. You know, somebody that's been touched by grace ain't gonna look at people who stray as all uh, those evil people. Those those poor people they don't know better than pitiful things. And we don't look for somebody who's worthy of love. We love everybody. We show the love of God. How is your love ball today? Grace teaches us that God loves because of who God is. Not because of who we are. And we got love because of who God is in us. And not because of who they are. If you know that God loves you, you should never question... Uh, a directive from Him. It, it's always going to be right. And it's always going to be best. And when He gives you a directive, when He lays it on your heart to do something, just do it. Just don't fight it. Don't try and reason it out. Don't try and figure out. Well, why? Right. Are we doing this, God? That's right. Just do it. What is the purpose in this situation? It doesn't matter. Just do what I told you to do. Amen. You do what I I tell you to do. Then I'll bless you. Yes. And I'll bless them. And everybody will be happy. Yes. <clears> 1 <throat> Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 through 5, and then verses 7 and 8. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love doesn't parade itself, it is not puffed up, does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, it is not provoked thinks no evil, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they'll fail. Whether there are tongues, they'll cease. Whether there is knowledge, it'll vanish away. So this morning, I just want to say to you, don't be like the unforgiving servant. Begin to understand the forgiveness and mercy and grace of God so that you can extend it to those that you come in contact with so that you can give it to those people that desperately need it because they might do something that makes you really angry like what happened All they need is forgiveness, and mercy, and grace, and the love of God shown in their life. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Precious Father, we thank you today, Lord God, for the opportunity that you've given us to come together with your people, Lord God, in your presence, Lord God, to know you, Lord. We ask you, Father, that you just take this word, hide it in our hearts, Lord God. Father, let us understand that we need to understand your forgiveness and your grace and your mercy. And we need to share it with those that we come in contact with on a daily basis. Lord God, we honor you today. Ask you, Father, that you just have your way in our lives, Lord. We glorify you. We give you praise. We give you thanks for it all, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. God bless you all. We'll see you Wednesday